Disclaimer, I am not a licensed therapist, counselor, or professional broadcaster. The following are stories from my life and personal experiences and are the property of me. There will be profanity, quite a fucking bit of it, so please keep that in mind along with adult topics and themes. Listener discretion is advised. I've always wanted to say that. As you may recall from my last episode, I was determined to stake my claim on my man and stood outside the building of the woman who continued to catcall him every time he would walk outside, the one who was quietly stalking me on the weekends when I went up to visit him. I'll never know if I was just drunk on the feeling of suddenly being tall and feeling more confident, or if I was just plain out of my mind, but something compelled me that day to ring the doorbell to her unit and confront her poor behavior head on. As I opened the door and navigated the stairs up to her place, I was not only in awe of my funky cool footwear, but also of my newfound bravado, quietly hoping I wasn't walking into the biggest mistake of my life. These apartment felt like the inside of a womb. It was darkly painted with heavy velvet curtains that were kept shut. There was a strange odor in the air, and I heard the scurrying of a small animal in the distance, but couldn't see a cat or dog anywhere in sight. When she opened the door, she didn't look me in the eye, but quietly waved us into the main living room area where she was midway through rolling a joint. We took a seat on the two-cushioned sofa near the desk where she was studying the seams of the one joint she had already rolled up. Lemmy hadn't said a word since I pushed the button on the front entrance. When we sat down, his left leg started to shake furiously. It was bouncing so much that for a moment I wondered if the tenants below could hear it or feel the vibration. After only a few minutes of idle chatting, mostly on my part, Lammy suddenly shot up from the sofa and declared very loudly that he needed to buy cigarettes. But you don't smoke, I said, looking visibly confused. I need cigarettes, he kept repeating. I'm just going to the corner store. I'll be right back. Within seconds, he was gone, leaving me alone with a total stranger who didn't seem to care that I was watching her arrange a series of illegal substances and lines on her giant working desk. You're very pretty, Dee said out of nowhere. Her voice was much deeper than I had anticipated it would be. I could uh, take your picture. I'd like to photograph you. Uh, thanks, I said after an awkward pause. Um, I'll need to check with my boyfriend, of course. He's really into you. Doesn't stop talking about you, in fact. How often do you talk? Not often. 
You know we fucked, right? Yes, he told me. He's good. Not the best I've had, but not bad. Did it like four or five times in one night. Did he tell you that? I rolled my eyes and took a deep breath. Yes, yes, he did. Four times, he said. He was bragging like an idiot when he told me, in fact. I only half believed him, but wasn't prepared to get into a fight, challenging his ego the first of the three times he told me. I was expecting Dee to be a knockout model type that would have him so aroused that his boners would be easily renewed with just the bat of her pretty eyes, but she was far from what I imagined. In the low light, she had harsh features and several unsavory scars on her arms, legs, and neck that looked like they came from a knife fight or an extremely aggressive animal. She wasn't wearing any makeup, and her hair was knotted in small, tight mini buns on her head that made her look younger than her facial lines would suggest. She stood up suddenly and placed her warm, small hand on mine, pulling me out of my seat. Come with me, she said, taking me into the main bedroom. There was a massive four-poster bed in the center of the room that took up almost all the available floor space. The curtains, dark maroon velvet, were closed, offering a boudoir-type backdrop for the room. I take your picture here, on the bed. You'd look good there. I wasn't sure if she was inviting me to get on the bed or if she was just making statements out loud. When I looked at her, she looked away shyly with an almost innocent, childlike quality. I could see why Lammy found her endearing, but couldn't imagine why he'd have so much sex with her in one night. Just as the thought entered my mind, I heard heavy footsteps plod up the stairs and he was back in the apartment, breathing heavily. He stared at the two of us in the room as though he was assessing what to do next. No one spoke. After what felt like ten minutes of no one speaking, he bolted out of the room and sat down on the sofa, whipping out the cigarettes in his pocket and lighting up a smoke. I followed him and sat down slowly next to him as his leg began to shake again. What the fuck? I whispered to him. So you smoke now? I don't smoke, he said, taking a long draw off the cigarette without taking his eyes off Dee. She picked up one of the joints and passed it to him without a word and then excused herself to make a phone call. She returned a few minutes later as Lammy was still fumbling with his lighter. She pulled a red bick out of the giant saggy pocket of her misshapen house dress and quietly lit up the joint, passing it to me. I paused before taking it. I looked over at Lammy, unsure of what to do next. I, um, I don't do drugs, I said, embarrassed by how square I sounded. Take one puff, he instructed. It's okay. I lifted the joint to my lips and took a deep breath, promptly breaking into a full cough and decidedly unsexy hacking fit. He took the joint and sucked in three long, quick draws, the epitome of casual comfort. I took it back from him and made several more awkward sucks on the spliff. After a few minutes, I started to feel lightheaded and slunk back into the sofa. Dee busied herself, half watching me and half rolling another joint, while Lammy's bouncing leg began to slow down to an intermittent jump 
every now and again. I tried a few more drags, going from a feeling of anxiousness to one of a decidedly more calm and relaxed sensation. As the drug started to kick in, the pain I had been feeling in my feet from breaking in new shoes began to dissipate and I started to giggle as I stared down at my feet. I looked up at Dee and directed her to see my shoes. She smiled. As Lammy relaxed into the sofa and his legs stopped shaking, I seized the opportunity to start up a conversation. Listen, I want to get something really straight with you, Dee. He and I are in a relationship, so I'd appreciate it if you stopped trying to get him into bed, okay? But if you really want to sleep with him again, you're going to have to sleep with me, too. Dee dropped the package of papers in her hand and Lammy's legs started jumping again. I took the last two draws off the joint and smiled at both of them. Dee smiled back and for the first time that night, she looked me directly in the eye and held my gaze. We sat in quiet silence for a moment until the sound of the doorbell rang, interrupting us. Dee leapt up from her seat and within seconds was back. But she wasn't alone. A tall, thin man in a leather jacket holding a motorcycle helmet in his hand followed close behind Dee, his gait slow, measured, and casually calculated. His long eyelashes fanned up and down as he surveyed the room. He stopped in front of me, spread his legs to shoulder width apart, locked his gaze on me with a tender but smoky self-assuredness, and winked. Bonjour, he said in a dreamy French accent. From how comfortably he took a seat on the side chair, I could tell he was very familiar with the apartment and its occupant. I smiled at him as he removed the elastic from his long brown hair, letting his locks cascade and bounce around his square shoulders. From the look on his face, I could tell he was intrigued by my expression of raw appreciation for his form. I could smell the leather from his jacket mixed with the scent of soap and expensive cologne. He beckoned Dee to the balcony by saying something to her in French that I couldn't understand. They exited the room and Lammy's legs started shaking even more profusely than it had before. He pulled out a cigarette from the pack in his pants pocket and started puffing on it like a professional chain smoker. We should totally have a foursome with this guy. How do you say foursome in French? Is it quattrosome? Quattro? Quattrosome? No, no, that's Italian, I think. Wait, wait, what is it? Quattro? Quattrosome? Quattrosome. Let's do it. A moment later, the motorcycle man and Dee returned from the balcony. I could tell from the way he was staring that they had just been talking about me. Dee began to speak, but was cut off by Lammy springing from the sofa and pulling me off it with him. We're leaving, he said gruffly, as he yanked me along behind him. I almost fell over from the sudden motion wobbling on my high cork shoes. Within seconds, we were out of Dee's apartment and in his, the door slammed shut and locked tightly. Lammy silently stormed into the kitchen and fussed over some pots in the sink. The marijuana had nicely sunk into my bloodstream, causing me to not give two fucks about his suddenly sour mood. I tossed off my new shoes and settled onto the bed in awe of how utterly relaxed and pain-free I felt. 
I lifted my feet up in the air while I was on the bed and could see that my feet had swollen enough to cause the new shoes to imprint their pattern just over my toes. For whatever reason, probably the drugs, the absurdity of the pattern made me giggle like an idiot. As tears began to sting my eyes from laughing, I noticed Lammy's looming figure over me, his hands damp from washing dishes. A drop of water fell from his fingers onto my skin, and I immediately stopped laughing. Wow, that feels so cool and lovely. Drop more water on me. He looked down and smiled. A most uncharacteristic warmth to his face seemed to light him up from the inside out. You're stoned. You're a stone. A big fat stone. I heard the words come out of my mouth and started giggling again. Lammy approached me from the base of the mattress. He came at me like a panther, deliberate and methodical. His every move seemed to happen in slow motion. He was hovering over me, that strange, warm smile on his face, as he leaned down and kissed me with vigor, passion, and so much heart, my tears of laughter began to meld into tears of anguish and desire. We kissed for what felt like an hour. His skin felt like silk against my fingertips. I moaned and touched my own skin, which felt even softer. Our skin is perfection. My skin. Feel it. Oh, it's so soft. It's so fucking soft. Fuck. Fuck is a funny word. My skin is fucked. So fucking fucked. He could see I was getting distracted by the feel of my own flesh and gently guided my eyes back to his, where I was struck by the intensity behind them. We made love in silence, slowly, sensually. The cells in my body felt like they were cresting inside me with a soft, quiet splendor. It was a deliciously euphoric moment in time that I felt could pierce the sky with its magnificence and lift us both up to eternal bliss. Basically, it was the best sex we ever had. As I lay next to him, I listened to his heartbeat and the sound his breath made against the curls of my hair. I wanted to die in that sweet, perfect moment. Never able to fully appreciate when to stay quiet with him and when I should speak up, I cleared my throat and looked up at him with earnest intention. Lammy, why didn't we have a threesome with Dee? I would do it if you want, you know. I felt his body tense up and his breathing become shallow. His heart was beating harder inside his chest. He clenched his jaw and unclenched it several times. Get some sleep. I don't want you to drive back to Ottawa tomorrow if you're tired. He said in his deep, growly, I'm not in the mood to talk voice. I wanted to press the subject further. To ask about the motorcycle man and if he knew who he was, but intense fatigue began to creep into my body, so I gave in to that instead. Lammy's grip was firm and possessive. It felt like a silencing hug, like he was speaking with his body because his heart couldn't find the words. I sank into his arms, gently caressing his chest hairs and marveling at how soft they felt against my fingertips. Despite the myriad of red flags being planted in my brain, I let go of the anxiousness looming around me and fell asleep, listening to his heartbeat as it slowed from its heavy pace to a controlled rhythm 
that lulled me into one of the deepest sleeps I'd had to date. Thank you for listening. Thanks to all of you. I am now charting in the U.S., the U.K., and Australia on top of staying in the charts in Canada. So thank you very much. I appreciate all of your subscriptions and your notes of encouragement. Thank you. Feel free to reach out to me via social media. I'm on Instagram, Jasmine underscore Aziz, on Twitter, at Jasmine Aziz, YouTube and on Facebook, or email me, Jasmine at JasmineAziz.com. Until next time, remember that the best part of life is love. So be sure to open your heart to it because here she comes. I'm just a popcorn dreaming gonna red and back to you up. I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quiver you, shiver you up.